Thanks for joining us for today's message. Here at Temple Baptist, we're a church on a mission, connecting people to Jesus and to one another. But you know, life is, is messy a lot of times. It's, it's always messy, it seems, one way or another. Tainan is a city on the south west shore of Taiwan. And a number of years ago, a whale beached and died. And they, 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 what are we going to do with this whale? It's 56 feet long. Well, after a couple of weeks, they decided to get a crane and a flatbed truck and take it away and do an autopsy on it to see what was, why it had died. Well, folks, in a hot climate, things happen in a body that's dead. And things happened in that whale. And as they trucked that whale through the middle of Tainan, those gases that had been building up, built up, and built up, and exploded. And it rained whale <laughs> on the cars, on the people, on the buildings, on everything that was around. And can you imagine? I'll leave you to imagine. I won't describe it any further. Kind of reminded me of a of a song. You've probably heard the gravelly voice of Louis Armstrong singing, Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. I thought to sing a few bars of that this morning to introduce the sermon, and then I thought, why should they all leave before I get started? And so I will spare you that. But what do you do when your life lies in ashes around you? I don't know what your situation is, but either you have had, are having, or will have struggle in your life. And, and the question I think that is important for us, perhaps even before it happens, is what do we do? I ran across two men in the Bible. Each one of them faced the greatest heartache that you could imagine. One of them was going into battle, and God wasn't talking to him. <clears throat> and the other one was saved from battle, but a fate far worse lay before him when he came home. And the stories of these two men are on opposite pages, if your Bible is the same as mine, in 1 Samuel chapter 28 and 30. And in 1 Samuel 28, beginning at verse 4, it says this. <clears throat> the Philistines assembled and came and encamped at Shunem, and Saul gathered all Israel, and they camped at Gilboa. When Saul saw, that the, army of the, Phil saw the army of the Philistines, he was afraid, and his heart trembled greatly. And when Saul inquired of the Lord, 
the Lord did not answer him, either by dreams or by Urim or by prophets. Saul, by the way, had, had turned his back on God before this. Then Saul said to his servant, Seek out for me a woman who is a medium. And then Saul had been busy in the latter part of his life seeking David. And David had fled from the country. And he'd been living among the Philistines. And so in chapter 30, across the page, if you have the right Bible, it says this. Now when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day, he had gone out with the Philistines, and, and, and they were going to fight against Israel. What's David going to do? Well, some of the princes of the Philistines said to the boss man, look, you're crazy. This guy will turn against us during the battle, and, and he'll fight us from behind while the Hebrews are fighting us from the front, and, and, and you cannot let him come. And he said, no, no, he's a, good, he's a good guy. He's faithful to us. No, he, he don't trust him. So they sent David back. And what did David find after he went back? This is the story. David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day. The Amalekites had made a raid against the Negev and against Ziklag. They had overcome Ziklag and burned it with fire and taken captive the women and all who were in it, both small and great, they killed no one but carried them off and went their way. And when David and his men came to the city, they found it burned with fire and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him raised up their voices and wept until they had no more strength to weep. David's two wives also had been taken captive. Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because all the people were bitter in soul, each for his sons and daughters. Whew. That's tough. That's tough. What are you going to do? When you come to that point where, where, where it looks like there's going to be an absolute and utter and total defeat of everything you have been a part of in your life, your army is not in any way a match to the army to come. And what are you going to do when you go home and you find your house has been burned to the ground, your wife is gone, your children are gone, what are you going to do when big trouble hits? What's going to be your response? And these two men show me some uh, um, different responses. First of all, Saul. Let's go back to verse 7 of chapter 28. Saul said to his servant, Seek out for me a woman who is a medium, that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servants said to him, Behold, there is a medium at Endor. So Saul disguised himself and put on other garments and went. He had, and two men with him. 
They came to the woman by night. Okay, this is the first undercover boss. Okay? So he's, he's going, he's disguised himself. He's a king, but he doesn't want this medium to know who he was because in the days when he followed God, he had put mediums out of the land. And he said, divine for me by a spirit and bring up to me whomever I shall name to you. The woman said to him, surely you know that Saul, uh, what Saul has done, how he has cut off the mediums and the necromancers from the land. Why then are you laying a trap for my life to bring about my death? But Saul swore to her by the Lord, as the Lord lives, no punishment shall come upon you for this thing. So that's Saul's response to great trouble in his life. He had wandered away from God, so he has to go somewhere, and he turns to a medium. Now, I doubt if many of you here this morning have turned to a medium. I hope you have not. But I'm, I want to remind you there are only two sources, two possible sources of knowledge about the future in, in this world or any other. And the first is God, and the second is Satan. And so when it comes to a medium, when it comes to your horoscope, when it comes to any of those kinds of things that tell you about your future, there's, there's one possibility, it came from God. Well, you know that didn't. And so the second possibility is it came from Satan or else it's a hoax. And a lot of it is a hoax, but anything that isn't came from Satan. I just want to leave that with you and let you figure out what that means to your personal life. But then there's David. And how did he respond? It says, David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because all the people were bitter in soul, each for his sons and daughters. All right, that seems perfectly reasonable, doesn't it? So David, who has lost not only his wife, wives, We'll deal with that some other time. And children is now going to get stoned by his own men. Those he had led and helped and delivered have turned on him. I wanted to pay very close attention to the next sentence. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. At this moment of utter disaster and total sorrow and absolute failure of life and all of its goodness, he found strength, he strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Now, all right, go home and strengthen yourself in the Lord your God. Oh, wait. Somebody's going to ask me a question. You know what they're going to say? They're going to say, Pastor, how do we do that? And the first thing I found out is that you need to commit yourself to God before the trouble comes. Don't wait for trouble to come into your life to turn to God. Don't wait for heartache to come to seek out God and, and ask Him for strength. Don't wait for then. Do it now. Commit yourself to God while things are not that way. 
That's what David had done. Second Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 9 says this, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support. Some Bibles will use the word strength there. To give strength to those whose heart is blameless toward him. Do you understand? God's eyes, as it were, are roaming to and fro throughout the world looking for those who love him, who are in trouble, to give them strength. He's looking to give those who have committed themselves to him strength. David spoke of that in Psalm 119. In verse 26, he said, When I told of my ways, you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts, and I will meditate on your wondrous works. My soul melts away for sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Strengthen me according to your word. Put false ways far from me and graciously teach me your law. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I set your rules before me. I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. Let me not be put to shame. I will run in the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. O God, enlarge my heart. I I want to follow you. Commit yourself to the Lord before. Otherwise, when trouble comes, it will embitter you. And you will say, God doesn't love me. God is punishing me. This sorrow in my life is punishment from God. I preached, spoke, many years ago now, probably 30 years ago, to a college and career group. I've talked about forgiveness. And after I had spoken and the meeting was over, a young woman came up to me. And with her voice fairly quivering with anger, she said, you don't know what they have done to me. And you talk about forgiveness. If you're not confident of God's love and work in your life, trouble will turn you bitter. Commit yourself to the Lord. And then I I, I began to understand we need to focus on God and not on the problem. Focus on God and not the problem. In Psalm 73, the psalmist had, had started out by saying, oh, my, my feet had almost slipped. He, he said, I'm, in, his, in essence, my foot was on a banana peel. And I was, when I saw the wicked and how well they are doing, and I look at my life and it's a mess, and I say, where is God? 
But later in the psalm, he comes to this. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And again, David says in Psalm 28, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and I am helped. You see, if I focus on the thing that's happening to me, I'm always going to be sad and distressed if that thing is bad or if I see it as bad. But if my eyes are upon the Lord, things look different. Things always look different depending on how you view them. Paul said, I can do everything through Christ who strengthens me. I can do everything through Christ who strengthens me. You see, if your strength is enough to face what you're going on, you don't need God. If your wisdom is wise enough to deal with the thing you're facing, you don't need God. If everything is going fine and you're happy in life and things are going the way you want them to go, you don't need God. You don't need his strength unless yours won't do. So if yours will do, forget it. But if it won't do, then ask God for his strength. So we commit ourselves to God. We focus on God, not the problem. And then we cry out to God. 2 Samuel 22 and verse 4. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised and I am saved from my enemies. For the waves of death encompassed me, the torrents of destruction assailed me, the cords of Sheol entangled me, the snares of death confronted me. In my distress I called upon the Lord, to my God I called. From his temple he heard my voice and my cry came to his ears. When you cry out to God, your cry comes to the ears of the God who created everything and the God who not only created everything but loves you. Just cry out to God. Tell him, Lord, what's going on? I don't understand this. Help me. Ask for his strength. So I need to commit myself to God. I need to focus on God, not the problem. I need to cry out to God, and I need to remember his past goodness. God has been good. God has done great things. And I, in the middle of the moment when I don't see any of that going on, need to remind myself of the goodness of God. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness. They were strengthened out of weakness. Put foreign armies to flight. Women received their dead, raised God has done great things. Don't forget the goodness of God in the middle of the time when you can't see it today. 
It's not over. This is not all that there is. I need to commit myself to God. I need to focus on God, not on the problem. I, I, I need to cry out to God, and I need to remember his past goodness, and I need to remember his promises. And this is one where I could spend a lot of time, but I won't. You, you, you can be reminded of, of God's promises. Even back in the Old Testament, in Isaiah chapter 41, it says, I have chosen you and not cast you off. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will not forget you. God has not forgotten you. In the middle of whatever it is that you are going through right now or have or will, God has not forgotten you. He has not forsaken you. He has not gone away. Those who have gone before you have suffered and he didn't forget them. And he will never forget you. You are written on the palm of his hand. And then we need to count, commit ourselves to God. We need to focus on God. We need to cry out to God. We need to remember his past goodness. We may need to remember his promises. And we need to consider light in the time. Uh, we need to consider time in the light of eternity. Thanks for listening, and consider joining us live on Sundays at 9.15 and 11 a.m. For our address, directions, and any other information, find us online at templebaptist.com.